and uh, just receive the word of God. I believe that this message will encourage you and inspire you, I pray in Jesus' name. So, friends, we're looking at uh, trying to get a breakthrough in our lives, is that Jesus Christ on the cross has won the greatest breakthrough in all history. There on the cross, he was crucified. There on the cross, he died for the sins of the world, and he's provided provision for each one of us. Just abundance and breakthrough in our lives, and that is the ultimate breakthrough, is that there on the cross, he dealt with the sin problem, is that Jesus Christ has has been crucified for, for all of our sins. But friends, I want us to look into the scriptures this morning and, and get some understanding of breakthrough and uh, some other aspects as well. So we're just going to turn right away to the Word of God. Um, this, this passage that I read earlier from Judges chapter 6 is, is a wonderful passage. And, and these things have been written for us uh, to encourage us. And um, this particular passage is, is really talking about breakthrough in Gideon's life. And if we look at the story of Gideon, we realize that the history, if you read chapter 6, the history is such that the, the Israelites were, were really impoverished by the Midianites and the other eastern people. And um, when, whenever we see the, the background to the story, we, basically what is happening is that, is that Israel has disobeyed the Lord. And so God has allowed them to go into a place of captivity. God has allowed them to be overcome by their enemies. And, uh, you know, this, is, this happens time and time again through the Bible, is that when God's people turn away from the Lord and they start disobeying Him, then He brings punishment and uh, He brings consequences. Because, you know, in Deuteronomy 28, we see there that if we follow the Lord and obey His commandments, that all of these blessings will overtake us. But if we don't follow the Lord and don't follow his commandments, then all the curses that are mentioned in Deuteronomy 28 can overtake us. Now, however, we know that Jesus himself has become a curse for us. So he has dealt with the curses of mankind. And we praise God for that, that that victory on the cross, the victory that Jesus won, took the curse off our lives. So as we come into Christ, we can experience freedom from that curse and we can receive the blessing of God. The blessings of Abraham, which were promised to Abraham from God, said, I will bless you and your seed. And that seed was Christ. And you will be blessed through the seed of Abraham. That is, that is Christ. You'll be blessed through his life and you will live a life of victory as you receive Christ into your life. And you will have an overcoming spirit. And so... This particular situation, as we look at it, we see that the Israelites are in bondage, that they, they've sinned against the Lord, and uh, they, they're in a place of captivity. You know, the, the, the Midianites and the other uh, Eastern people are just coming into the land, and they're just taking, they're just taking all the crops, they're just taking uh, all, all the goodness out of the land, and the Israelites cannot stop them. But on this particular occasion, I want us just to refer to this passage again. We see that, that the Lord appears to Gideon. And it says here in verse 12, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And friends, here was Gideon. He was, he was living in Israel. He was living in this particular part of Israel. And it says that he was, he was threshing grain 
in the wine press, which is not the right place to thresh grain, okay? It's not the right place where you should be threshing your grain. Because he, he was scared. He was afraid of the Midianites. And he was afraid that, that they, they were going to find him. They were going to take, take all his food and he'll be left with nothing. And they didn't care about the Israelites. They just treated them like dogs. They came in in their thousands. And they just took over the land. And they just raped the land. They just took anything and everything they wanted. There were so many Eastern people coming into Israel. They were just, just reaping, just, just reaping anything they wanted and took everything they wanted. And so here is Gideon. He's down in the wine press and he's threshing his grain out. And suddenly he has an experience with God. Or the Bible says it's an experience with the angel of the Lord. And many people will say that this is Jesus manifesting in front of him, that Jesus is, is often known as the angel of the Lord. And uh, he is appearing to him. And he, he refers to this later in the passage. He says that I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And he was afraid that he was going to die. But, but uh, the Lord said to him, it's okay. Peace to you. It will be fine. You won't die. But God suddenly appeared to him. Here he is. He's, he's just going about his normal job in his... He's a farmer probably, he's, he, he's threshing his grain and suddenly he has this experience and it tells us here in verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abbey Israelite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now let's just... Let's just listen to the rest of, of these few words here this morning. But sir, or as one translation um, says, pardon me sir. Um, almost sounds like he's, he's a bit of a secret Englishman. Pardon me sir. Um, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And many people could say, you know, if God is with us and God is for us, why has this why has this virus just, just taken over the world? You know, if, if all of this has happened to our world, you know, if God is with us, why has this happened? And listen to, to God's response here. It says, um, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So let's just think about this for a minute. Gideon is just, he's just a farmer. He's just a nobody. This is, this is what, what he goes on to say. It says here, um, But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I don't know if you ever feel like that this morning, that you feel like you're the least. You feel like you're the least likely person that, that God would ever appear to, would ever use, that you are the, the least tribe, the least clan, the least, least person, the least likely. But suddenly God turns up in this guy's life, and... And this is how God works, friends, is that suddenly he could just turn up in your life. Suddenly he could just be there for you and, 
And the Lord will, could just turn up and say, suddenly, um, the Lord begins to declare things over our lives. You know, when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same again. I thank God for when Jesus appeared to me and, and I gave my heart to him and, and I just surrendered my life to him and he came into my life. My life was totally changed from darkness to light. He didn't appear in a physical way, but he, he appeared in my heart. There's a transformation in my heart and a transformation in my life. And you know what, friends? God specializes in the least of people. And, and he specializes in the little things. When we think about some of the things mentioned in the Bible, okay, uh, David was one of those people, and, and, and uh, the, the prophet Samuel was, was coming to, to anoint uh, one of Jesse's sons, and, and the Lord spoke to him and said, go and anoint Jesse's son. Well, there was eight sons, and every one of them appeared before Samuel and they came the big the strong the mighty the powerful you know all those who the elders seemed the most likely and 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 Samuel said you know um you know surely this is the one but one after the other they all passed by and eventually all seven passed by and and Samuel had to say to Jesse is there not another one isn't there somebody else Oh, well, yeah, there's, there's uh, David, he's the runt of the litter. He's just a little shepherd boy. I mean, bring him, Samuel says, bring him to me. And he was brought to, to, to Samuel, and uh, immediately Samuel knew, this is the Lord's anointed. Isn't that incredible how God specializes in these little things, in these little insignificant people who seem to be nobodies because this is exactly how Gideon felt. He's, he's just feeling, I'm the least. I, how can I save Israel? I am a nobody. And this is what God said to him. He said, the Lord will be with you and you will save Israel. Friends, one man with God is a majority. God is going to be with you in this crisis and God is going to be on your side. He's going to see you through. He's going to give you the power and he's going to give you the breakthrough that you need when you press into him and you ask him for more and you ask him for that breakthrough and you seek him with all your heart, you are going to find him. And this is what God wants from us. He wants us to seek him. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 30, it says, If you seek me with all your heart, then you are going to find me. And that's what God wants. And even in this situation with Gideon, he's not even seeking God. He's just getting on with his job and the Lord appears to him. Because God loves to show his power in insignificant things. Just think about the, the widow who, who gave the few pennies into the offering. There were all the people bringing their, their big offerings. Here's my tenth, you know, and boasting about it. Maybe letting others see what they're bringing. Look at my offerings. And here's this little woman who's, who's lost her husband. She's now a widow. And she's just bringing a few copper coins, a few mites. A few things to the Lord, but she's putting it in the offering. And Jesus, who knows everybody's heart, is saying she put in more than all of them because she gave her last two coins. Look at that generous spirit. 
God loves a generous spirit and he is going to bless your life when you give him your heart, when you give him your mind, when you give him your soul, when you give him your spirit. You say, Lord, I surrender everything to you. Everything I have, everything I own is mine. All my finances, my home, my car, my family, everything I have is yours, Lord. Because when Jesus comes in, he touches your heart. And he causes it to open up and he causes it to flourish. And suddenly you realize that the greatest treasure you ever wanted and you ever needed in life was God himself. That you found your creator, that he's come inside, that he's filled that vacant place in your life, that he has come in and everything else is secondary to him and therefore you surrender and you say lord have your way in my life i am your servant and this is the beautiful thing that god said to david here is a man who is after my own heart isn't that incredible what a statement about a person here is a man who's after my own heart i wonder what god would say about us in our own Christian lives? What kind of a heart would God say that we had? Do we have a heart that seeks God? Do we have a heart that loves God? Do we have a heart that has a passion for God, that we cannot wait to be in the presence of God? Like David said in one of the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 42, he says, you know, that I, I desire the presence of God more than the deer pants for the water. My soul longs after you. When can I go and meet with God? What a privilege we have. We can come into the presence of God every day and we can worship Him and enjoy His presence. He invites us to come into His presence, to love Him, to serve Him, to follow Him. And He is the one, friends, who declares who we are. He is the one who says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Well, he's just thinking, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm the least in my family. I'm a nobody. I am just a little farmer. I am just threshing my grain. And God speaks words of life into the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He didn't feel like a warrior. He didn't feel like he could do it. He said, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? If, if, if the Lord is with us, why are we being attacked? Why are we being overcome by our enemy, enemies? Why are we being overcome by this virus? Why are we being attacked on all sides by these Eastern people? Why? If God is with us, why is this happening? And God has got the solution, friends. Amen. God has got the solution to your problem. He's got the solution to the world. And he's got the solution for Israel who's been attacked by her enemies. And God's methods are always people. And if you read the previous chapters, we see all the different people that God raised up. God is not using machinery. God is not using animals. He's using people. God is not using all of these other things. God's methods are people. And God raises up people like in Judges chapter 5. I think it is. We see that God raised up Deborah as a great prophetess, as a great judge in Israel. And, and it was during a time where there was great sleepiness. 
and great apathy in Israel when everybody had gone to their own homes and they're just doing their own thing. But she said, I will arise and I will deliver Israel. And she became a great leader. She made the decision, I will arise. And she became a great judge in Israel. And God used her mightily. And we see the different men and women that, that God has, has, has chosen to use because they have decided to step forward in faith and they have decided that I'm going to allow God to use me. I'm going to allow God to use me because friends, nothing just happens. You have to make these things happen. You have to put yourself in a place where God can use you. You have to surround yourself with Christians and believers who are going to help you and support you and encourage you to release the gifts that are in your life so that you can be all that God wants you to be. And here is a great prayer to pray over your life. Lord, help me to become everything that you want me to become and help me to fulfill my destiny on the earth. Friends, it's absolutely critical that you find your destiny, that you find your purpose. This is more important than money. This is more important than even just a career. You've got to find what makes you tick. You've got to find what your, your driving force is. You've got to find what your destiny is. You've got to find out what is my purpose on the earth? Why am I here? What is my purpose on this planet? And friends, only God can answer that for you. And God spoke to, to Gideon and he said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Wow, that's a boost to self-confidence, isn't it? That's a powerful word. God speaks that to you. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I believe that he does speak that word to us today. He says to you, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know, years ago, we had William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. And he was a mighty man of God. And he wrote a hymn called Onward Christian Soldiers, Onward Into Battle We Go. That is what God has called us to do. Every one of us is a warrior. In fact, the Bible says that God is a warrior. Amen. He is a fighter. He knows how to fight. He kicked Satan out of heaven or Lucifer as he was then. God has got awesome power. And he's able to infuse us with his power through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to infuse you with divine life. He's going to infuse you with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be an osmosis. There's going to be a fresh infilling. And you're going to be infused with divine life because the Holy Spirit's going to come into you and you're going to receive power. Amen. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to be my witnesses. Power in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That is dunamis power, supernatural power. Like David said, through my God, I shall do valiantly. 
Through my God, I can scale a wall. Through my God, I can go on the heights. The Lord, the sovereign Lord, makes my feet like the feet of a deer. I can travel on the heights. God can enable you to do things that you couldn't naturally do. And, and Gideon seemed like a useless nobody. Just a normal, average guy. Do you think God doesn't specialize in insignificant things? Even God said to Moses, what is that in your hand? It was just a stick. It was just a little stick. But God said, throw it down and it became a snake. He picked it up again, it became a stick. You know, God specializes in silly little things, but he makes a point. He puts his power in those things. He shows his power through these things. And he can specialize in the little things in our lives and specialize in us even when we don't feel we are somebody special. Now God wants to infuse us with the Holy Spirit. There needs to be a, a tangible presence of God in our lives. There needs to be an infusion of the Holy Spirit. And David said this in the Psalms. He said, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. We will be anointed with fresh oil. Ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you with fresh oil. And what does John the Baptist say about Jesus? Here is somebody who's coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Here is somebody who's going to fill you up with the Holy Spirit and fire. I'm baptizing you with water, but here is somebody who's coming, and I'm not worthy to even untie his shoes, but he's gonna baptize you. He's gonna soak you in fire, and he's gonna soak you in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? Now you can be soaked in fire, the fire of God, you can be infused with the fire of God. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can receive power from God to do great and mighty things. Just like God said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now you need to speak those words over your life and say, the Lord is with me, mighty warrior. You need to speak the word of God over your life. You need to declare the word of God over your life. Because this verse and this passage and this truth is no good for Gideon today. Because friends, Gideon has gone. There's no point in saying this verse is just for Gideon. Because all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Providing we say yes to them, providing we say amen, we can say the Lord is with the church and we are a mighty warrior we are not something that has been trodden down we are not something that is beaten down we are the church of the living god we are the church of jesus christ he is the head and we are the body and our god is a warrior and he will make you strong and the bible says in ephesians 6 be strong in the lord and put on the full armor of God to take your stand against the devil and against his schemes. Because he has schemes to trip us up. He goes around like a roaring lion. He's trying to pull us down and all the time God is trying to lift us up. And so the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 
And Gideon is just looking for an excuse and he's just trying to be natural in his reason. He said, well, if God is for us, why is all this happening to you? And he says, you go and save Israel. You go and deliver the Israelites. You go. And he said, but Lord, how can I do this? And God is telling him an amazing truth, so simple but profound. What does he say to him? He said, I will be with you and you will deliver Israel. God has got a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a blueprint. Your gifts are different to mine. My gifts are different to you. You've got to find out what makes you tick. You've got to find out what God has put in you and do the things that God has given you. If he's called you to be a great engineer, you be a great engineer. If he's called you to be a great architect, you be a great architect. If he's called you to be a great bin man, be a great bin man. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, you do it with all your heart. You do it with all your mind. You do it with all your strength. And you say, Lord, let this passion be manifested in my life. Let this passion, this fire be manifested in my life. Like there was a man in America, I think he lived in Chicago. His name was Brother Brian and his ministry was he used to go up to people and he used to just say, excuse me, can I just pray for you? And he would just take a few minutes and say, Lord, just bless these people. And he would send them on their way with a blessing. And then he would go to the next people and say, may I just pray for you? And he prayed for people who were in high positions and people in low positions. And friends, that was his ministry. He loved to pray for people and to bless them. And there's great power when we bless people and we pray for them. Amen. And so you've got to do what God wants you to do. Like the man in Australia who said he was seeking God. I think he'd been an alcoholic. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What should I do? And he just had a revelation one day. I think he was sitting in church and he just said that the words eternity just rang in his heart. And he just felt that God was saying that it's important that people think about eternity. And so all over the city of Sydney, he started writing the words eternity on the Sydney Bridge, I believe it was, and in various parts of the city. Suddenly people began to start talking about eternity. You see, he was doing what God called them to do. It was a simple thing. It was a seemingly insignificant thing. But God used that to get people thinking about eternity. And this reminds me about Jonathan Edwards, who said this amazing thing. And this really was a prayer of his life. He said, Lord, would you stamp eternity on my eyes? You know, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to see our lives from from heaven's viewpoint, you know, and, and this man in, this, in, in Australia, in Sydney, he's just riding eternity on the, on the footpath, and he always did it secretively. Nobody knew who he was, but all over the city was appearing the words eternity. What has God called you to do? What does he want you to do? What flag does he want you to fly for him? But he has got a great Work for you to do, friend. And you have to go and do the work of the Lord. As, as that, that beautiful hymn says, I will go, I will go and do the work of the Lord. And God wants us to give ourselves fully to this work. To give ourselves fully to Him. 
to surrender to him and do the work of God and move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does he say? He said, Lord, if, if you are with us, then why is all this happening to us? And this is to the second thing God says to him. He says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Look at Moses. God said the same thing to him. I want you to save your people. I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to proclaim the word of the Lord to him and I want you to deliver my people. He said, God, I've got a stammer. I've got a stutter. How could I possibly do this job? God specializes even when we feel weak, friends. Even when we feel insignificant, just look at David. He's the least in his family. He's the little runt of the family. Oh yeah, there's still one. He's a shepherd boy. He's, you don't even want to have a look at him. Yeah, he's the one. Bring him out. He's the one. And David was anointed with oil. The beautiful fragrance of the oil was poured on him poured down him and everybody knew that he was the anointed of the Lord. He seemed the most insignificant person. He seemed the most unlikely person. And God is not using the, the, the wisdom of the world. He's not using our brilliant intelligence. He's using the weak vessels, those who are humble enough to say, Lord, I cannot do this, Jesus, without you. I cannot do this, Father, without your empowering. As he says in John 15, Jesus himself said, you can do nothing by yourselves. You can do nothing. We can do nothing by ourselves. Even with all our wisdom, it's foolishness. It's pathetic. All our great wisdom in our universities, the wisdom of man is nothing to God. His wisdom is superior. His wisdom is greater. Friends, but listen to what Philippians 4 verse 13 says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and you're going for a job interview and they're saying well what can you do you can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me as you go through life you begin to speak that word over your life I can do all things because Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe do you believe friends do you believe that God is going to use you do you believe that God is going to anoint you? As the Bible says, you have received an anointing from the Holy One. That God is in you. Don't you realize that Jesus Christ is in you? That's what the Bible is, is saying. Paul is saying to the things to the Corinthians. Don't you know that it's Christ that's in you? And if God is in us and God is for us, who can be against us? But we need to speak the word of God. We need to speak his word over our lives, over our families, over our communities. That's really important. Say the purposes of God shall be fulfilled in my town and in my community and in my life. I declare it and I decree it just like Ezekiel. And God said to him, I want you to prophesy to these bones. Well, who were the bones? It was the house of Israel. They were dry bones. They were like dry skeletons. And God said to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy 
I want you to speak to the bones. I want you to declare the word of God. Friends, nothing's going to happen much until you start speaking the word. Even the centurion said to Jesus, just speak the word and I know that my servant is going to be healed. Friends, it's time you started speaking God's word over your life. Like I said to somebody last night, God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as his word in his mouth. Use the word of God. It's his word. And agree with the word. Agree with Philippians 4 verse 13. which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at Paul. He's a murderer. He's killing Christians. And suddenly God meets him and transforms him. And now he becomes one of the greatest preachers the world has ever known. And whole cities were turned upside down by this little man called Paul, who, or Saul, who became Paul. God specializes in people who are just, just nobodies. And, and he's going to use your life. And you have to agree with the word of God. And this is, what, this is what the Lord says to Gideon. He says, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God is sending us out into a world where there is such a huge mission. There's such a huge harvest field. God wants us to step out in faith and believe that as we step out and as we have confidence in Him, as He said in His Word, that all things are possible to those who believe. God wants a people of action. He wants us to step out. He wants us to get out of our comfort zones. What is it He said to the prophet Amos? He said, He spoke through Amos and said, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Friends, it's time to wake up. It's time to clothe ourselves with strength. It's time to receive fresh power and fresh renewings of the Holy Spirit. To shake off the complacency, shake off the apathy, shake off the lukewarmness and say, I will be that person. And D.L. Moody was the same guy who said that. He said that the world has yet to see what God is going to do with a man who is fully dedicated to me. And D.L. Moody said, I will be that man. And he made a decision. Friends, things are not just going to happen. You have got to make them happen. You've got to put yourself in a place where God is going to use you and surround yourself with those people who will exhort you and encourage you in your faith. So you can say, I will be that person. I will be in a place where God is going to use me. D.L. Moody said, I will be that man. And he shook this world. Thousands and thousands of people came to Christ through his ministry. Even though he started off just as a shoe salesman. And he became one of the greatest preachers of our generation. God used him mightily. A massive big man who said, I will be that man. What are you going to do for Jesus? What are you going to accomplish for the Lord? What is your passion? And what is it that God has called you to do? Has he called you to be an apostle? Has he called you to be a prophet? Has he called you to be a great teacher? Has he called you to be working with children? I don't know. 
God knows and he will reveal his plan to you. He will reveal his purposes to you. It's time to wake up, church. It's time to shake off the dust. It's time to say the days are, are evil that we're living in. The days are evil and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going to get into the word of God and I'm going to spend time with Jesus and I'm going to be infused with fresh fire. And you're going to get it, friend. You're going to get the fresh fire. If you're hungry enough, and this is part of our problem. Our hunger is so small. Our hunger is so insignificant. Ask God to increase the hunger. Our hunger is just so minimal. Is that we've just been feeding on everything else, on TV and all the food and everything that life offers. But God has got more for you. So much more. An abundance. Amen. He's got an abundance. You've only got about 1% of what God has for you. Or just a few percent. He's got an abundance for you. But you've got to press in and take it. You've got to press in and take it. You've got to press in and take it. That's what Jacob did. He wrestled with God. And he got the blessing. He had to wrestle all night. Have you wrestled all night for the blessing? You know, I listened to a man yesterday. He said, I spent, I, I heard that somebody spent 10 hours speaking in tongues. He said, I've never done that in my life. I just said, decided I would try that. And he got five hours. And the next time I think he got 10 hours. Because amazing things happen when you speak in tongues. It's a gift of God. And it, it revolutionizes your life. And it builds strength into your spirit. You know, we give up. We can't even pray 10 minutes in tongues. And we can't even just develop some of these gifts because we just, we just, our hunger is so small. But listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness and you pursue it with all your heart and you go after God, and you go after Jesus, he's going to fill you. Like John G. Lake said, I was the most hungry person in all of Canada. I was so thirsty for God. I was so hungry for God. And praise God, he went to South Africa and became a great missionary. And I think he left hundreds, I think it was six or eight hundred churches in South Africa and loads of missionaries. He did an awesome work for God. He said, I was so hungry for God. I was so thirsty for God. We have got to pray, Lord, give me a fresh hunger for your word. Give me a fresh hunger for prayer. Give me a fresh hunger for your presence. Lord, fill me with fire. As John Wesley said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. You've got to set yourself on fire. You've got to get into the Word yourself. You've got to you, stir yourself up. You've got to, like Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord rises upon you, and His glory is over you. Yes, you and the church. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord is over us. And we need to shine our light and stop being silent. As, as Brother Brian in the town here says, you know, that God has silenced, is, is, sorry, that the enemy has silenced the church, that, that they've just become dumb. We're just not saying anything. We need to speak up. 
and stop being afraid and remove this political correctness and remove the spirit of fear and speak up for what is right. Evil prevails when good men and women say nothing. So it's time we start speaking out God's word and say, I don't believe in this. I will not stand for that. And praise God, he will honor you for that. Stand up for the principles of righteousness. Stand up for the word of God. It's time for you to stand up and be counted. Now listen to these words of, of Jonathan Edwards, the great revivalist in America, who was considered the, probably the greatest preacher, the greatest theologian. And he spent 13 hours a day reading the Bible. I mean, we can't even get 13 minutes sometimes. But he is devoted and passionate for God. And this is what he says. He says, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyes and why does he say that? He says it for three reasons. Because of the shortness of my life. And because of the inevitability of death. And because of the length of eternity. That's why we need eternity stamped on our eyes. As Leonard Ravenhill says, we need to see everything from heaven's perspective. We need to see everything from an eternal perspective. We need to see everything from eternity's perspective. Then our life is so short. You know, I am 55 today, and here is Jonathan Edwards, and he's 55, and suddenly he just dies. Nobody expected it. Suddenly he was just taken out of the world. Wow, he was so true to what he said. The shortness of life, the inevitability of death, and the length of eternity. Gee, friends, Jesus is coming soon. We've got to get ready. We've got a great mission. It's time to wake up. It's time to shake up. It's time to stir up the gifts of God. It's time to get passionate for Jesus. Get rid of the sin in your life. Get rid of any bitterness, anything that's holding you back. Get rid of the junk so that God can anoint you, refresh you, renew you. Get into the presence of the Lord and get fired up with Jesus so he can thrust you forward so you can be a firebrand, as he says in the Psalms, his servants, his servants are flames of fire. Would you be a flame of fire for Jesus? Would you be a flame of fire this week? Would you ask God, just to put you in the fire. You know, I'll finish on this illustration this morning. You know, those times when we sat in front of a coal fire and we just got the poker and we're just poking it around and getting rid of some of the, the ash and so that it can just burn a little bit brighter. And you just put the poker in the fire. Eventually, if you leave it in for five minutes, you pull out the poker. What has happened is the fire has got into the metal. The fire has got into the poker. God wants us to go in to his presence. He is a consuming fire. Go into his presence. Receive the infusing of fire. Friends, it's possible for every Christian to be on fire for God. How hungry are we for Jesus? How thirsty are we for Jesus? May God remove our lukewarmness. May he remove our distractions. May he remove every hindrance. May we be on fire for Jesus. May we have a passion for the Lord. May we serve God all the days of our life. As the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro through all the earth, seeking for somebody whose heart is fully devoted to him. Will you be that person? Will you be like D.L. Moody? He says, I will be that person. Lord, would you use me just like you used Gideon? Gideon rescued his people. 
We don't have time this morning to go into the full story. He, God used him. They had 30,000 that went down to 300. God used him mightily. Would you be that person and say, Lord, I am available. Use me. I pray that you will be that person. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for every listening ear, for everybody who's heard the word of God today. And I ask you to bless them that their ears would burn with the Holy Spirit, that that will burn in down into their heart, burn in their mind, burn in their soul, that, Lord, there is a great work that you have for each one of us to do, Father. I pray you burn the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, the passion of the Holy Spirit who said when Jesus and that John the Baptist said that Jesus will baptize you with Holy Spirit fire. Lord, give us that fire. Give us that passion. Let it burn in us so that we will see a great breakthrough in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our nation, Lord. Have mercy upon us, Son of David. Would you come and visit us today, Father? Would you visit us through the Holy Spirit? Would you touch my life? Would you infuse me with fire? Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to be that person, Lord. I want you to touch me. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Put fresh fire in us. Give us a passion for Jesus. May we stand up and be counted, Lord. May we be the people of the living God. Father, be counted in your presence. Lord, I thank you that you are with us and for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you, Father. Would you bless everyone today who's heard these words? Seal the word in our hearts, Father. Don't let it be stolen from us. Seal this truth in us that you can use each one of us like you used Gideon. Father, use us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are for us. You are not against us, Lord. I thank you for your word today. Thank you for all who've listened. And Father, would you speak beyond what I've said today and do more than what I could ever speak, Lord, in our hearts. May you preach to each of our hearts, Lord, through this in Jesus' name. God bless you. Great to be with you today. Please pray for us. Support us. Encourage us as we support you in the work of God. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday at 11 o'clock. And uh, God bless you for all that you are doing too. Praise God.